right, y'all, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is time for episode 93 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Welcome back. Ooh, man, I, I was attempting to do a Tuesday episode, but, you know, when something just doesn't feel right, when, you know, you start writing it, it's just kind of meh, you know, we'll just let it go. Friday edition is here. Yay. End of the week. Um, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, so let's start the, today's show in the WNBA. So last night started the playoffs. First round, first game, Chicago 81-64 over Dallas. Kalia Copper, 23 points. Candace Parker with a double-double, 11 points, 15 rebounds. And for Dallas, Arika Ogubanwale, 22 points, led the Dallas Wings. So Chicago moves on. They'll play Minnesota on Sunday in the second round at 5 o'clock. So these first and second round games are single elimination games. Um, I just saw... Uh, something in uh, you know article they were asking you know should the WNBA um, you know should they eliminate these single elimination games I'm going no <laughs> because I think it provides um, you know incentive so if you're playing at a particular level then you are more or less exempt from having to you know play for your life if you will I mean you know tongue in cheek you know we're not doing we're not playing for your life but you know playing for your team's life to kind of continue through on the playoff journey towards a towards the league championship in the second game phoenix close 82 i'm sorry 83 82 over the new york liberty scholar diggins smith 22 points sophie cunningham at 21 off the bench and she uh, hit some key three pointers towards the end to help seal the victory for the mercury but Jelani, 25 points for the new york liberty um, so Phoenix will go to Seattle. So that's the 3 p.m. game on ES on sorry on ABC on Sunday. So second round we get some uh, some good uh, second round games on Sunday, and then the semifinals. So now once you get to the WNBA semifinals, we start series. So game one of the two series will begin on Tuesday evening. So I think one team. The West, uh, one team will go to Las Vegas, and I think I forget who the Connecticut. So Connecticut and Las Vegas await the winners uh, of these particular games. Uh, Thursday night football in the NFL: the Carolina Panthers twenty-four nine over the Houston Texans. The Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold are three and oh, amazing! What a weird world we live in. Darnold went 23 for 34, uh, threw for 304 yards, but he rushed for two touchdowns. Um, essentially, Carolina just got the Texans. They The Texans could not run the ball to save their lives. And so that proved to be um, the downs, the downfall for, for the Texans in this game. Um, quickly, let's move on to MLB. So the Chicago White Sox win the AL Central for the first time since 2008. Um, now, at the beginning of the season, if you remember, Tony La Russa, so kind of uh, prior to the beginning of the season, Tony La Russa was hired as the manager. And I'll be one of the first people to admit, I thought that was the craziest thing ever. Um, you know, La Russa, you know, he's a you know longtime manager. He's, you know, coached and he's won World Series. He's, he's been, you know, he's been a part of the game for many, many years. Um, he's, I forget, he's got to be almost 80 and you think, OK, he has the baseball knowledge. But then the question you ask yourself is, can he relate to the players? And there was and then, of course, there was some off field away from the organization issues that he had during offseason. I think he had a DUI and some other things were happening. I think 
towards the beginning of the season, there was, you know, there was not a lot of not meshing with the team, but they pulled it off. So they are uh, on their way to the, uh, the, the, the playoffs here. So in addition to the White Sox, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays have also um, clinched uh, a spot in the AL, uh, AL side of the playoffs in the National League. So the National League is interesting because right now, San Francisco, the Dodgers, and the Brewers have clinched spots. However, when you look at the in a wild card, the Dodgers are kind of still in that weird position. They have clinched a playoff spot, but then the question is, will they be... Uh, will they win the West or will they be a wild card? So right now they are in the playoffs. Where they're going to fall is not has not been determined. But St. Louis, St. Louis is on a crazy winning streak right now, and they are currently in the second wild card position. On the AL side, it's I mean it, it, it's it, you couldn't have written a better script. You've got the New York Yankees, you got the Boston Red Sox, and, and we, well, we all know you know when Yankees and Red Sox get together, there's always fireworks. So they're going to be our two wild card teams. So this is going to make uh, this part of the, uh, the the baseball season uh, very interesting. It's it's about to get super zesty with those two teams uh, as wild card teams. Uh, let's talk a little NHL. So you know something I don't talk about on the show very very often, and something I want to you know talk a little bit more about as their season uh, begins. Uh, they're about to start their preseason games uh, in the next couple days. Uh, their season will kick off October twelfth. Um, so a memo was circulated. Uh, and as of right now, the league expects 30 of 32 arenas to be operating at full capacity at the start of the season. So right now, with due to COVID restrictions, uh, Montreal, it's estimated that their arena will be at about 33% capacity. Um, Vancouver, right now, they haven't quite figured it out. They're thinking about 50% capacity. However, Toronto, their arena will be at full capacity. So again, they're going to be, you know, differing levels of numbers across the league. Now, 10 of 32 teams are only admitting vaccinated fans. So I think that has sparked a little bit of controversy and, and talk. And, and I'm sure there are going to be some angry, well, I'm sure there are, there are going to be angry uh, NHL fans uh, who are gonna, you know, who are probably revolting about that? But you know, my whole thing is, if you like hockey that much, go get vaccinated. I mean, if you really got to be in the house, I mean, that's all I'm saying. Um, eight of thirty-two teams require either a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. So um, again, we're seeing, you know, how COVID is kind of the after effects of this, as far as the after effects from a, you know, vaccination because. In no way is this thing over. I mean, we're still dealing with Delta variant. We're still we're still seeing people getting sick. But what you hopefully know is that if you have the vaccine, if you're vaccinated, what does that do? That makes the symptoms less severe. Okay, so there are a lot of people who get vaccinated, but again, they are protected and. You know, you still, you know, as I always urge you to still wear your mask, still do the things you need to do to protect yourself. Because, again, until we can either fully get vaccinated, which, 
you know, with the way people are acting, who knows if that's ever going to happen or just, you know, a, a lot of things have to happen for us to really say that we're, we're out of this. I mean, you know, I don't want to put on my epidemiologist hat right now. It's just, it, I, I would need a whiteboard and some other materials to help you all understand this. But nevertheless, you know, the bottom line here is we've got to do more. And I think this, uh, from the NHL standpoint, is a positive step. But we all know what they're trying to do. They want to get fans in the stands um, for better, for worse. I mean, do, do I fully agree with this? Not really. But, you know, um, during the pandemic, obviously sports, you know, sports organizations took a big hit and they're trying to recoup in some way. But then the question is, OK, well, you know, me as a fan, you know, as a fan of any sport, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to any arena anytime soon. I love concerts. Not doing it. I mean, I'm just going to wait this out because, again, you know, there are plenty of things I can do. And this is just me speaking personally. There are many things that I can do to kind of keep myself entertained. And I don't think it's worth, you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated, but I don't think it's worth me taking a risk to go do this thing, you know, go sit in the, you know, we've been seeing college football, how, you know, you see a hundred thousand at the big house, hundred thousand state college, you see, you know, 90,000, hundred thousand at Kyle field uh, in, in College Station, the Texas A&M, you know, you're seeing these huge crowds. And in some cases, some of these places are places are hot, hotbeds of COVID currently places of people where people are just going, no, I'm not getting vaccinated or no, I'm not wearing a mask or, well, hey, they can't maybe wear a mask because these are in some some of these places, there are places where they're not mandating it. So why should I risk myself to you know go sit in these huge crowds it's it's not worth it, at least not for me but you know we all have to make decisions that you know best decision for uh, for each one of us and you know if you're that much of a fan and you're gonna go you know sit in Serena or in this stadium and watch this game I mean you know but again like I said we all know what this is about this is about that almighty dollar which drives the society and it, it's kind of sad that, you know, as I say a lot, this is where we are. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's very disconcerting. Um, before we get into college football, because I got my picks for this week, we'll kind of talk through some college football stuff. Um, golf. So we haven't talked golf in a while. Um, so really the major season ended back in July. <laughs> it feels like it just feels like forever. Um, but this year, as they do every, I think it's every couple of years, uh, the Ryder Cup is up for uh, is up for grabs. Uh, Europe, so it's the annual, the biannual. Uh, keep, I think it's by, I believe it's every two years. Anyway, so it's a biannual golf duel between the United States and Europe. So the best professional players from Europe are on a team. The best professional players from the United States are on a team. And they start play today at Whistling Straits and outside of Kohler, Wisconsin. So essentially they alternate between sites in uh, the United States and Europe. So I think the next uh, Ryder Cup will be in whenever <laughs> it's going to be. It's, I think it's going to be in Italy. So it's going to be at a, a course in Italy, if I recall correctly. But it's going to be in Europe. Um, so essentially Europe holds the cup. Um, the way that they score it is uh, the, the matches that you win accumulate points so um europe needs 14 points to hold on to the cup 
if the United States wants to win the cup, I think they need 14 and a half or 15 points to win it, something like that. So the team who holds the cup needs fewer points to retain it. We'll just keep it that keep it that simple. OK, so essentially they're going to play um, uh, for some matches today and Saturday. They'll play singles matches on Sunday. Uh, one of the big headlines with the Ryder Cup has been that whole um, Brooks Kepka. Bryson DeChambeau rivalry. They're both on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, so I'm sure that they've kind of had to, you know, kind of put that whole uh, situation of them battling each other or having this tension between two aside for the good of the team. Um, so I'm hoping that you know them and the other members of the team, um, number number of notable names, uh, you know, uh, Tony Finau. Jordan Spieth um, and others that, you know, again, the, the list does not come to me right away. And I saw it on uh, Instagram and I did tweet, um, not tweet it out. I did share it a couple weeks ago when I saw who was on the team. There's a number of guys on the team. And so, um, you know, good luck to U.S. Hopefully they can bring the Ryder Cup back home at least for a couple of years and then have to um, regroup and then play again for it in a couple of years from now. All right, so we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of college football. It's Friday, dubs and L's. So I got a dub and an L this week. Uh, last week I only had a dub. Last week I don't think I had one of. I had one of the two. I got two this week. I got a really good L this week. And all I can say about the L this week is it reminds me of. Um, so somebody did a song and they. Uh, record the song they put a youtube video to the song or somebody did it and it was <laughs> and, and the song's hilarious um it was a bunch of you know uh trump supporters black trump supporters and the name of the song was look at the coons and so that's what we're gonna do with else today we're gonna look at the coons uh talking about uh the nfl and some of the things that they're doing some of their quote initiatives um to well, I've always said the NFL has, in my opinion, they're, they're kind of paying lip service to, um, you know, you know, ending racism, promoting equality, um, Black Lives Matter. I feel like they're always been paying lip service to it um, because if you look at the NFL, how they're run, how the team owners do their business and even their fan base, I think it's all just bs in my opinion but we'll, we'll we'll get into that with the l's but next up we'll talk a little college football after this break if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer then anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and many other platforms you also can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, so day one of the Ryder Cup. So we just mentioned the Ryder Cup. Let's do a quick update of the Ryder Cup. So currently we've got four, four foursome matches. So really it's two members of each team going up against each other uh currently uh garcia and rom of spain are two up on thomas and speed for the u.s team um casey and hovland are all square with dustin johnson and colin morikawa 
uh, Cantley and Shoffley four up on Poulter and McEn- Ma- McElroy rather. So uh, Serge, the, the uh, first uh, match is only through the through eight holes. Uh, Hovland, Johnson, Mark Howard, cases through six. Uh, Poulter, McEn- McElroy, I don't call him McElroy, McElroy. Okay, uh, Cantley and Shoffley are through four. Um, Westwood Fitzpatrick are down two to Kepka and Berger. So we'll kind of update the um, results of the Ryder Cup um, as we go into next week on the whatever edition day of the show uh, next week. All right. So let's talk college football. So um, last week, six games, I went four and two. Um, let's see. I'm from my list here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What did I get wrong? Well, let's see. Virginia, North Carolina. Uh, I took Virginia. They got, they got put in a the ringer. They couldn't stop anything. But then again, too, if you look at the score, Carolina's defense couldn't stop anybody either. So high scoring game. I thought I was watching a big 12 game. Um, and actually it was an ACC game, which wasn't terribly shocking, but I thought both defenses were a little bit better than that. Um, and the Fresno beating UCLA. Those are my only two games that I got wrong of the six I picked last week. So four and two in week three. I'm 10 and 11, 10 and 11 overall. I'm getting back in it. So I'm one, one pick below 500. So week four, we're going with nine games this week. And it's really been difficult. And I may have talked about this, but it feels like as we're going through, and maybe this might get a little easier once we get maybe – Next week, the week after, where we're halfway through the season, finding really good games to pick has been difficult. Um, a lot of the matchups that I see look potentially interesting, but then you look at the teams and you go, well, this game potentially could be a blowout. So I had to really, and and, and really, I'm going to give you today's, this week's picks. I'm going to start looking at week five now. Like when I, you know, later today, I'll start looking at week five because I really like to go through all the picks and then as we see as I see the um the results from Saturday then I think okay well here's a team that's doing well here's a team that's on the way down here's a team that I'm not paying attention to maybe let's see what their schedule's like what they're doing could they have a potential game impact game on you know in the following week so that's kind of how I like to do it I like to kind of look at the entire schedule because again there are going to be some games that are going to be a lot of games are off our radar I mean I, I there are people who find a way to watch every game I'm not one of those people I try to watch as many games as I can um and usually what I'm finding too and I've talked about this that the primetime games are kind of crappy like they they and even some of these noon games are weird I'll talk about that in a second but um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how the matchups get as we move forward. Because again, teams are you know teams are still kind of jockeying for position, but there are some interesting teams that are making moves as we progress to the season. All right, so let's start with tomorrow night or tonight rather. Why, why am I say tomorrow night? I just said at the top of the show it's Friday, and I don't know why my brain just went back to Thursday. Anyway. All right, tonight, 7 p.m. ESPN2, Wake Forest visits the Carl Smith Center, home of David A. Harrison III Field at Scott Stadium to take on the aforementioned Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia is a four-point favorite. So this is a hard pick because, <laughs> you know, Virginia's my, Virginia's my team, but the way they played defense last week, and can we even call that them playing defense? I'm going to have to take Wake in this one. Um 
I'm probably going to be wrong. Now watch the defense gets angry, gets mad. I mean, now here's the advantage. Virginia has been very, very good at home. But the thing is, I don't know if it's just the change of scenery. You know, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to take the L on this one if Wake loses. I'm willing to take the L, but I was very disappointed. I mean, Virginia has been terrible on the road. I don't know what it is. They they'll get a win here and there on the road, and they've got to win on the road. Especially they're going to Miami next week, and I don't know why in the heck they're going to Miami again because I feel like they go to Miami every year. I cannot remember the last time Miami came to Charlottesville. So ACC fixed that because it should be home and home. Why Virginia keeps going to Miami is just blowing my mind. I, like I said again, can we make that a little even, especially considering? that Virginia and Miami are in the same division in the ACC. It should be home and home. If it were, you know, if they were cross division rivals, okay, sure, whatever, we can we we can live with that. But they got to fix that because they and and this is an early matchup. Typically Virginia will go to Miami in October, maybe November, October, usually mid-October. So and in, in a way that could be a good thing, uh, Miami, I believe, is playing Central Connecticut on Saturday. They're going to let Derek King sit to have him ready for the game against Virginia, knowing that you know they're going to need all hands on deck. And considering that Miami is not looking very good right now, and I'll kind of talk about that a little bit. But I'm going to take Wake in this one. I mean, I'm probably wrong, and I'm going to root for Virginia. Anyway, all right, so let's get to Saturday. Saturday. Um, at Historic Soldier Field in Chicago, number 12, Notre Dame, at number 18, Wisconsin. That is the big noon kickoff on Fox. And this is what I'm talking about. This is a big game. Why is this on at noon? It's like, if what's worse than a noon kickoff? 11 a.m., okay? But frankly, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I would want this game, like, Fox plays games all freaking day. Why can't this be a 7 o'clock game on Fox? Why? I mean, you can find other games that are decent to put on at noon on Fox. That's just my opinion. But again, I'm going to take Wisconsin in this one. Um, I kind of feel like Notre Dame's kind of been skating a little bit. You know, like they, they teams you thought, oh, they're going to blow them out. And they've been just getting by with this narrow margin. So I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to take Wisconsin close in this one. Um, 3.30 from Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. Texas A&M, number seven ranked, visits or will be playing Arkansas. 3.30 on CBS, so that will be the Southwest Classic. Um, that's an SEC game. I'm going to take Arkansas. I believe Arkansas, I'm sorry, Texas A&M, they are down a quarterback. So I'm going to take Arkansas. They were very impressive in how they dismantle Texas. So can they dismantle another Texas team we shall see um also at 330 number nine Clemson visits Carter Finley Stadium in Raleigh to take on the Wolfpack of NC State Clemson's 10 point favorite I'm going to take Clemson um you know for a while as I'm looking at this matchup I'm thinking to myself okay State is that team that needs a big win they're not getting it here because the more I thought about it, I'm going, well, a lot of people thought State was going to go to Stark Vegas and beat Mississippi State. Didn't happen. So mm, I think State is going to be okay, but they're, I don't think they're getting this win against Clemson. Uh, so I'll take Clemson in that matchup. Uh, 6 p.m., UCLA, number 24 ranked, visits 
Stanford in Palo Alto at the farm, 6 p.m. on Pac-12. Um, I'm going with Stanford. I think UCLA might still be hungover from that Fresno State loss. So I will go with Stanford in that one. Um, oh, I forgot another 330 game. 330 game, ABC, uh, Rutgers at number 19, Michigan. Michigan are 21-point favorites. Okay, so I just say that and you go, why are you picking this game? Okay, so initially I'm looking at this game thinking, okay, now here's a Rutgers team. So Greg Schiano's back. Uh, Rutgers has actually been pretty good. They've been pretty steady. They haven't been the Rutgers of old under Schiano. But here's the thing. If Rutgers can make this a close game, potentially pull an upset, Rutgers, I'm not saying they're back, but Rutgers is on their way back. And plus, I what I've been reading, if I'm reading, if I'm remembering correctly, Rutgers, the recruiting is kind of getting back on track. So what Shiano had going when he was there, he's kind of getting it back on track. So I think this game might be a little closer than that 21 points. Got Michigan, but Rutgers could make this interesting. Okay. Uh, let's go to the 7 p.m. game. Kentucky visits Columbia to take on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Kentucky have five-point favorites. I'll take the Wildcats in this one. Um, 7.30 ABC, West Virginia. The Mountaineers visit Norman to take on number four, Oklahoma. This game will be close. I'm taking Oklahoma. Now, West Virginia, what happened? They took they were taking, I mean, they took, they were taking Virginia Tech to the woodshed. They let them back in the game and had to, you know, win a close, close game by stuffing Virginia Tech as they were trying to drive down the field. I think West Virginia is going to make it interesting, but I take Oklahoma. I got close. I don't know. I don't, I didn't write the line down for this one, but I kind of feel like this might be a better game than we might think. I'm going to take Oklahoma in this game. Um, last game of the night. Colorado visits Tempe to take on take on Arizona State. Uh, 1030 on ESPNU. Arizona State are 14 and a half point favorites. I'll take Arizona State. I mean, when in doubt, go at Herm Edwards. And in, in Herm, we trust. How about that again? I wasn't the believer in Herm, we trust. We will take Herm uh, any day of the week here on the Sports Wagon Podcast. Well, not any day of the week, but right now, I'm, I'm, I'm Colorado, I think, is getting better. But I think Arizona State is a little bit better in that better in that battle of better. I think they are a little bit better. Okay, so those are my picks for the week. Um, Let me know what you think um, or give me a game that you think is interesting and we will kind of talk it out and see where we're at here. All right. So the last thing for today's show, Dubs and L. So it's the Friday edition of Dubs and L. So we got two. We got uh, one of each. Um. Let's go to Dub first because we we should start positive, okay? So the Phoenix Coyotes. So we talked a little bit about the NHL, you know, their plans to kind of reopen. The Phoenix Coyotes are bringing back their classic Kachina Coyote as the primary logo for the first time since 2003. So in the 03-04 season, um, the the team went through a total logo redo, um, but they brought back the Kachina Coyote. Uh, as an alternate jersey in 2018-2019 for that season. It's a black jersey. Now that jersey is the primary home jersey. They'll wear it for most of the season. I think there are four games they'll wear a a red jersey. Um, So if you remember the logo, or I might try to post a a picture of it. If you remember the logo, or if you go look it up, 
the logo it's very 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 ornate very i mean i've always thought it was a very interesting logo but i never really looked at it very closely the logo is based on the ancestral spirits of pueblo people the colors of the uh, coyote are southwestern so you got green you got brick red you've got sand and purple so they're uh, team president Xavier Gutierrez calls the logo, quote, iconic. Um, he also said, quote, it was the right brand for what we want to stand for as an organization. Impact and leveraging the power of sports to make that impact in the community, end quote. To further that, he basically went on to say that the logo represents inclusion, the ideal of bringing diverse voices together, embracing the entire community, not just current fans. So I applaud the, you know, the, the, the team leadership of the Phoenix Coyotes for uh, bringing back this logo. I mean, I, I mean, again, I learned something by reading this. You know, I never really like I, said, I never really looked at the logo that closely, but I thought that this was so awesome. It's so positive. Um, the logo was voted the greatest in Arizona sports history uh, in a poll by the Arizona Republic. So, I mean. That is saying a lot that, you know, to, and, and really that's the thing. Sports logos can say so much and they can say so much in a positive way. And as we know, they can say so much in a negative way. So for them to do this, I think, is such a just a great way to, again, make hockey which typically is not a sport where you see, I mean, you're, we're seeing more black players, but black fans, I mean, again, we exist, but again, it's, you know, not just black fans, but fans of every, you know, every background, every group. And to do this, I think is such a great way to, as he said, to, to his point, to promote that diversity and inclusion uh, in the sport and also within the community in which the team exists. I just think that is um, such a great move. So my hat's off to uh, the Phoenix Coyotes uh, for making this move and doing this and bringing back that classic logo. So again, if you uh, don't know what it looks like, you can look it up. I'm going to try to post a picture of it on my Twitter uh, and Instagram a little bit later on. All right. So let's get to the L. Oh boy. This is a good one because the, the, the thing about this L is it, it, first of all, I have to talk about somebody who I think most people will agree is pretty much a horrible person. Jason Whitlock, this guy, I just, I think Jason Whitlock, um, and I just, I'm actually finishing up listening to, uh, my, my, my good friends, uh, this week, the High School 510 podcast. So shout out to my brothers uh, in the uh, the Bay Area. Um, they were kind of talking about the sort of things like how much money, you know, as a black person, would you want to be paid in order to say dumb stuff that is diver that is divisive, that is, you know, you, you're taking, you know, the side of people who don't even like you. Um, So he had a so Jason Woodlock, he um had a conversation uh with uh Isaiah Thomas so that Isaiah Thomas the NBA Hall of Famer so this this just gets real interesting from here so they talked about the NFL and their decision to play the black national anthem before football games 
and essentially the the bottom line is that um isaiah thomas feels like by playing the black national anthem we are promoting two americas what <laughs> what the he double hockey six are you talking about let's get something straight since day one there has always been two americas let's just get that straight we have never had a unified america ever okay let's see maybe 9-11 maybe <laughs> but for the most part we've never had one america and really what he's saying doesn't make a lick of sense what the NFL, as I alluded to, is trying to do is they're trying to, again, I feel like they're paying lip service to our issues. That's my feeling that by putting some logos on a field, by playing the black national anthem, which I'm sure, you know, which I'm well, I'm sure I'm positive their fans, the, the NFL fans are just flipping over backwards with positivity about this one because when they did it uh on the opening night of the season and there was a tweet about it and i saw some tweets and people were saying you do not want to read the comments shocker so again nfl fans stay classy stay freaking classy okay so basically the nfl again faking the funk does this and again my whole thing is okay that's great but what are you going to do about all of the, I don't know, I guess all of the actual systemic issues with the league itself? How is the league helping to deal with systemic issues in the community? Because, again, they're doing stuff. But in my opinion, I don't think it's enough. That's just my personal opinion. But to sit here and say that playing an anthem of oppressed people further drives the wedge between black and white has to be probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard anyone say. Um, there must be something to Jordan keeping him off the Olympic team. Now I think I just figured that out. Um, shout out. Gotta give another shout out. Shout out to my man, uh, uh, Drew, our uh, uh, senior NASCAR correspondent. Uh, so on his podcast, I was a haircuts. He, uh, they had an episode where he talked about, uh, his stories in the service industry, industry, he told a very interesting story about Michael Jordan, which, you know, learned a little bit more about him. And the only thing I'm going to say is, you know, great basketball player, not a very good person. But anyway, so once you check out that episode of theirs, uh, you kind of can get the feel about that. But got to give him got to give Jordan props. Hey, you kept Isaiah Thomas off the Olympic team. And I kind of can see why he's, I don't know. I guess the money has just turned him into something that, well, it tends to happen to us. I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, a lot of us get money and all of a sudden we think that we are at a certain level that we're not. And it, there's always that one moment that kind of unfortunately grounds us and pushes us back to reality because just because you're black in America and you have money, that really means nothing. And I think his comments um, are just ridiculous. Um, and of course, he would say to Jason Whitlock, who he himself, he is a walking joke. But um, those two clowns, those two coons <laughs> get my L for the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, 
I leave you. Um, I'm hoping that you will have a great Friday, a fantastic weekend. Enjoy uh, all that is sports this weekend. Um, continue to do what is necessary to protect yourself, your family, your friends. Um, so mask up. Um, if you're thinking about getting vaccinated, definitely you know do your due diligence, but I would highly recommend it. Um, fall is here. It is now the third day of fall, but it's still, you know, the weather's going to be a little, still a little, still a little, little tacky out there. I'm about to go hit the white ball for, for a couple hours. So I'm really excited. Nice, cool weather. I got a push cart for my bag for my birthday. I'm pretty excited about that. Ready to use that and get out here and get some exercise. But until I see you again, drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.